Well, you got your backpack, some of y'all. I have my backpack. All right, so what do we put in our backpacks? School supplies, exactly. So, let's see what we got. Let's see what we, uh, oh, ticker. Okay, well, here, let's put them in. Let's see what we got. Oh, wait a minute. Tigger. Oh. <clears throat> hmm. All right, school supplies, school supplies. We got Tigger. Well, <gasps> guess what? Guess what? Tigger! Oh, yeah! You know why Tigger is so important to me? You know what Tigger says? Tigger says, be yourself. Can you say that? Say it like that. Be yourself. Okay? Hang on a second. I want to see something that's really funny. Everybody out there? Everybody ready? Say this. Be yourself. Oh, they're good, aren't they? Yeah, because see, that's the thing about Tigger. Tigger knows who he is. Tigger knows exactly who he is. And, you know, he says, oh, the wonderful thing about Tigger, the Tiggers are wonderful things. Their heads are made of rubber and their tails are made of springs. The fuzzy, buzzy, 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 fun, 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 fun. Most wonderful thing about Tiggers is I'm the only one. Oh, yes, I'm the only one. <laughs> yeah. See, that's it. And the deal is, you are the only one. God made you, you, like snowflakes, fingerprints, the whole bit. There's nobody else like you in the world. And God needs you to be yourself, to be you. And the reason why that's so important is because God has something in mind for you and for all that you do. You may not know it yet. You may still be learning your gifts and your talents, the things that you're good at, the things you like to do. But in all of that, God is watching and helping and giving you little hints along the way. So be looking for them. And you got your backpacks. We have these backpacks up here. And they're going to be going out. We're not quite sure where they're going to be going out, but we know they're going to be going out. And we have in the program, you'll see where it says children's moment and the blessing. And the deal is, is that we don't know exactly who's going to be carrying this particular backpack or that one or that one. But the thing about it is, God knows. And that's the important part. So, as family together, let us join in the blessing. As your faith family, we pledge to pray for you, our teachers, leaders, and helpers. May God guide the thoughts, words, and actions of all in a way that leads to your learning, growing, and acting so that you may realize the fullest potential that God has for you. In Jesus' name, amen. So that's your blessing, not only your backpack, but for you and 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 you. Amen? Amen. Okay. Head off, right? Thank you. Thank you.
Well, good morning, church. Everybody doing okay? I want to thank Stan for the privilege of the pulpit this morning. I want to thank you for being here on this wonderful day. It has been my privilege to be here since, uh, as he said, 1998. Uh, I think in the end I've ended up with the best parish that anybody could have, and that is the staff and the faculty and the parents and particularly the students of Wesley Prep. So I want to thank you for that privilege to be with them and to do all the different things uh, that we get to do. And I thank you for the support and ask for your prayers uh, as we begin this new year for all of us, uh, for patience and for learning and all of those things that are encompassed in being a part of a school and what we do. I also bring greetings from Friendship United Methodist Church in Friendship, Maine. It was my privilege to be able to help them celebrate uh, their 200th anniversary as being a church. And so they've said to make sure that I say hello once I get back down uh, in the south, as they put it, or as they also refer to us as the hot lands. Get back down to the hot lands. It was also kind of neat this summer. I had a chance to uh, ride my motorcycle from Friendship, Maine, all the way back down here to Texas. And what was neat about that journey, over 2,000 miles, is that as I went through the White Mountains, the Adirondacks, and the Catskills, and the Poconos, and just working my way down through a lot of the back roads, I'd pull into these small towns. And usually on the square, or on Main Street, there would be the Methodist Church. A lot of times they had a sign in front that the clothes closet was going to be open on Saturdays, or particularly up north, that they were going to have a bean pot dinner, a community bean pot dinner, and everybody was welcome. And it was really neat to see these churches as I made the journey. I pulled up into West Virginia, and there was a magazine sitting where I was staying. Some of y'all may remember KOAs, Campgrounds of America. Oh, yeah, they're still out there. And there was a magazine that was there, and I picked it up, and I started thumbing through it. And there was an article in there about people who had lost their bridges and the floods that came through West Virginia. And these were the bridges that would lead up to their houses that were up in the hills. And these were important uh, for safety factor and other reasons. But they didn't have the money to be able to, to rebuild their bridges. And a lot of people were losing their family savings trying to accomplish this. But there was an agency that came in, started to look for families. If they could pay a little bit, that was great. If not, that wasn't a qualifier. And this agency would help them reconnect them to the roads. And that agency was UMCOR, the United Methodist Committee on Relief, a part of, of us. Then I read about a small community that was being built for retirement homes and it was actually a, a group of tiny houses, that movement of tiny houses that's going around. So all these little individual tiny houses built around a large community garden that was being helped to, built to help feed the area. Once again, a United Methodist project. Then I came on down into Kentucky. I stopped off at the Abbey of Gethsemane that I have been associated with for about 25 years. Stopped and checked in there. Not as holy as a stop as you would think because the monks make really good fudge. So, you know, had, had to stop for a refresher. 
Then as I continued on to the back roads of Kentucky, I was coming around the corner, big cornfields, and there was a sign off on the side of the road, and it just simply said, just be kind. It's pretty neat. Rode on a little bit further, came around another corner on the fence next to a field, another sign, different in color and font, but the same message, just be kind. Saw about four of them. Before I rolled into that small town, went by the Methodist church that was there, and sure enough, on the front lawn of that Methodist church, little sign, just be kind. Now, I must admit, my curiosity was piqued. Did a little research. College Heights United Methodist Church out of Elizabethtown, Kentucky. It's one of their projects. Small group there thought of it. They produce each sign, handmade, each one different. They charge $10 for a sign, and that money goes back into community projects, things that go on around their their community, people who might need help. They have sold over 2,000 signs in that community and around, because the last one I saw was about 90 miles from Elizabethtown. 2,000 reminders of just be kind. Reminds me of the prayer shawls that we give out here. Prayer shawls that I have one that I've used for myself, ones that I've given out to family members at different times when uh, they need to know somebody is praying for them. Someone cares about them. And our numbers are in the thousands that are out there. Once again, just a reminder of who we are as a church, who we are as a people, the expectations that God has of us as a people. I was very proud that the Uniting Methodist Conference was held here and that I could watch it uh, being streamed on the internet. And all of this, to me, reminds us of the power of the connectional church of which we are a part. But in that are the expectations that God has of us. And it begins with an understanding that you are a child of God. This is the way we start in Wesley Prep. We get the kids. We're 8 o'clock, Monday through Friday. If school is in, we start in Ship Chapel and we start with devotion. Kindergarten through sixth grade, we're there. The littler ones come through about twice uh, every other week. They come through, and we talk about one of the first things is that understanding that you are a child of God. So go ahead and say it. Say, I am a child of God. Very good. Now turn to your neighbor and say, you're a child of God. Now turn to your neighbor and say, you're a child of God. There you go. And see, very simple in its understanding. But one of the things that we want to stress, one of the things that we need to know, not only as children but as children of God, is that I am a child of God and the next person to me is a child of God and I know that they're a child of God and God knows that I know that they're a child of God. So if I meet them, even if they don't know that they're a child of God, I know that they're a child of God and God knows that I know that they're a child of God. So there you have it. We are the children of God. And that's the way that we are, to greet and meet and teach everyone we come across. 
because everyone is a child of God. As Abraham Heschel put it, there is something sacred in every moment. And with that in mind, we become, as, as my dad sometimes refers to it as, outpost of the kingdom of God. Lover's Lane has been here as an outpost of the kingdom of God 75 years, reaching out into the community. The weekday school, Wesley Prep, has been here 50 years, reaching out into the community, trying to get across the understanding of God's love, God's mercy, and God's grace. Now, as United Methodists, we are called to think. We're called to use our brain. Wesley prized reason. So we get to make our faith our own. No one's telling us. We get help. We go to school. We learn. We go to Sunday school. We listen to the sermons and all of these things. But they come into us and we're allowed to work it into our own living relationship with God. An unthinking faith is a curious offering to give to the creator of the human mind, John Hutchinson. And so it is. You get three Methodists together in a room, you're going to have four opinions. Okay? It's the way it ought to work. And in that regard, we are called to look at the situations that we come across. Now, Boudreaux found himself in court. Some of y'all know I am familiar with Boudreaux, Thibodeau, and Thibault. This is what happens when you don't be born south of Interstate 10, you know, in, in Louisiana. But Boudreaux, he don't find himself in court. And the lawyer is coming down hard on him. The lawyer, he's, he was known in the area as the Cajun Claw. Okay? And he's coming down hard on old Boudreaux. And he says, Boudreaux, did you or did you not? Tell the police officer when he arrived that you were fine after the accident. And Boudreaux looked up and he said, well, he said, let me tell you, Shad, this is the bad word. No, 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 no. Did you or did you not say you were fine? Well, you see what happened. No. Judge, would you please tell Mr. Boudreaux to answer this question, yes or no? The judge looked at Boudreaux and says, well, I think Boudreaux wants to tell a story. And I think I want to hear it. Thank you, Judge. I appreciate that. Now, this be what happened. I come off the farm, and I had my truck, and I had my trailer, and in my trailer was Bessie, my mule. And we be going down River Road. About that time, one of them big sugarcane trucks, you know, had the sugarcane stacked up all so high and all so big, and he was coming fast, yes, yes. In fact, there was no way. When he done got to that intersection, that he going to be able to stop in time, and he didn't. And boom, he hit me and sent me all which ways but loose. He said, now the thing happened. He says, Bessie and the trailer be on one side of the road in the ditch, and I end up on the other side of the road in the ditch. And I heard old Bessie, and she was just, just crying. She was just, I knew she done be hurt. And I tried to get over to her, but I realized I had broken my leg. So I'd be laying there, and there's nothing I could do. About that time, that state trooper, he done come pulling up. He'd go over on Bessie's side because she's making so much noise and everything, and he'd go over there. Next thing I know, I hear the boom. And my poor Bessie, she don't make no noise anymore. And he come walking across that road, 
he still got that pistol in his hand. And he looked down at me, and he says, now, Mr. Boudreaux, how you doing? What you think I'm going to say, but I'm fine. You know? How we respond and the ways that we respond depend on who we're dealing with. This morning we're talking about the children of the church. And it is truly my honor to be able to be a part of the ministry of the children of this church. My own children have grown up in this church. And so I know when I talk about things like Dasher Keltner, Dasher Keltner was the neuroscientist who helped Pixar and Disney with the movie Inside Out, you know, the movie about the young girl and her feelings. And I've had a chance to, uh, to read his book, Born Good. And those of you who follow the theology of, say, John uh, Crossan, John Dominic Crossan, or Matthew Fox, uh, you know, they're kind of more of towards the end of original blessing rather than original sin. And the reason being is, is that right there at the beginning, however you want to read the creation stories, it's important what we get out of them. And that is, as God is creating, God says, it's good. It's good. It's good. At the end, it's very good. And Dasher Keltner says that's the way we're wired in our brains. That when we do things, when we help each other, when we extend ourselves out, those chemicals and those, that electricity that's released in the brain is that that accompanies uh, you know, moments of feeling good, moments of love. Those things that God has designed us for is the way that Dasher Keltner puts it. And I remember watching my own kids, Dylan, when he used to help at the soup kitchen. And they had to kind of double up the little apron that they put on him. And he'd be holding the pitcher of water, which was almost as big as he was. They wouldn't trust him with the pitcher of milk at that time. And he would come up to the table, and the homeless people who were there at the soup kitchen would put their thing, and he would, and he would pour the water, and you could just see on his face. There's a picture of, of Woodrow, my older son. When we were down on a mission trip in Honduras, and uh, this is a picture that uh, Mary Margaret, who was here this morning, hasn't seen, um, but we're up on the mountain, and wood had become the king of outhouse construction, okay? How's that for a royal title? The king of outhouse construction, and we have a picture of him, and he's on the precipice of the back of the, of the mountain of Magote. And he's leaning out, and you can see there's just this drop down. One of the Honduran gentlemen is holding Woodrow's belt as he's leaning around trying to hammer in the back end of the outhouse. But I know what those opportunities have meant for them and what they've done for what I'm going to refer to as the spiritual core. What Wesley Prep is about is about building the spiritual core of these children. We see that as a part of our responsibility. And I know, having worked on the children and family teams here at Lover's Lane, that that is the, the responsibility that the, the children and family ministry teams here and the volunteers and the, the, the teachers all are a part of each and every Sunday morning, each and every vacation Bible school, each music camp, drama camp, even the basketball camps that we have here for the children during the summer and the different things that we do for them during the year. 
It's all a part of building that spiritual core. Dr. Lisa Miller, who's a doctor out of Columbia, refers to us, both family and those of us who are extended family in the church, as spiritual ambassadors. Each of us is a spiritual ambassador for every kid we come across. Doesn't matter if we're not in their classrooms on Sunday morning. They come across us in the hallways as they run through from one place to another, as only kids can do. And our responses to them help with that understanding of that spiritual core. There needs to be, Lisa Miller puts it, a lot of tolerance in the building of a spiritual core. There are no questions that are off limits. There are no moments that may surprise us. That we take them all in stride as we work with these young children at the most impressionable times of their lives. Their brains and their hearts are building out. Lisa Miller sent a group to uh, a high school for them and said, okay, identify for us the in crowd. And So they pointed to a group of girls and identified them. They're the in crowd. Some of y'all may remember, y'all were in the in crowd. Some of us observed y'all from far away, okay? What's the in crowd of the guys? And they pointed out to a group of guys and that sort of stuff. And you know, and you would think it would be things like the cheerleaders and the jocks and all that sort of stuff. Another group went in a few weeks later, unidentified, and chose another group of kids. And they pointed to the in crowd of the girls and they said, now tell us about them, describe them. What is it about them? For the girls, what put them in the in crowd, quite simply, was their weight, what they weighed. For the guys, what put them in the in crowd was substance abuse and their inability to recognize the boundaries of proper relationships with young women. That's what put them in the in crowd. That's what you and I as spiritual ambassadors, are working against. And it's a hard, hard job. I've seen it change just since I've been here on the staff here with the understanding of what social media can do and how it can push and sway and move. But Lisa Miller says, if you get them early, her research, her science shows, and I want to make sure I get this right, 40% are less likely to abuse drugs if they have a good spiritual center. 60% are less likely to be depressed, have teenage depression, which leads to other problems. 80% are less likely to engage in dangerous relationships. That's part of the value of them knowing that they are God's child. And that you and I instill into them that God has expectations, and that God measures differently than the way the world measures. God measures differently than the way the world measures. So be able to, to put into them that understanding to be able to say, I am God's child. And what does that mean? Israel had been bumped around quite a bit, pushed around. 
And they weren't quite sure that they still had God's ear. And they were thinking about it. And oh, what a despair that we've messed up so much that God has left us. But we know God never, ever leaves. That there is always hope. There is always God's love and mercy and grace. So God sends Jeremiah the prophet and he says to them, and this is God speaking to them, I know what I am doing. I have it all planned out. I'm going to stop right there for a moment and say, I don't believe in predestination. I don't believe in predetermination. Although God tries to prove me wrong every once in a while. Just put that in there. I have plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. There's that hope. When you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I'll listen. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you will not be disappointed. These kids are looking. And we represent the kingdom of God in all of the aspects of God's love and God's mercy and God's grace. Mary Margaret and I were touring around with a youth group out in New Orleans. Some of them were inner city kids. Some of them were project kids. Um, we had kind of the rejects from some of the other churches, which in itself was kind of an interesting thing. So we had the 14-year-old with the green mohawk that was all spiked up and 14 earrings going down one side, one for each year of his age. And we had the Hare Krishna girl raised in a Hare Krishna commune, was a vegan, so we had to find uh, salad bars for her as we traveled around. We had the all-American kid. We had just a couple of kids that came from the, the St. Bernard Projects, had never been out of New Orleans until they'd been on mission trip. So it was fun to travel with them. And we'd always stop in at church, pull in somewhere on a Sunday morning, go to church. It didn't matter if it was Methodist church or what it was. We just pulled in. And so it just so happened we were in one of those church vans that had been a church van for all of its life and showed it. At one point during the hard rain there in Tennessee, as the wipers were going back and forth, they both flew off. Whee! This little stick going back and forth. And then the air conditioner broke on the hottest week of the summer. So we told them, wear your shorts, wear your flip-flops, wear your cut-off t-shirts, doesn't matter. We'll put an ice chest in the back, plenty of water, and we're going to travel. But we are going to pull in somewhere to worship. Normally we had some nice clothes that we would wear if we stopped in someone's church, but it was what it was. So we trooped into this little country church that we had found when we pulled off the interstate and everybody turned and looked at us in that church. We sat in the back. And it was kind of easy when we traveled with them to be able to know what churches we were welcomed in and what churches when we walked in would prefer us not be there. A couple of the ladies up front looked around, got together whispering, and they just left. And I was really worried. But God showed me. When we stepped and we stepped back out, those two ladies were down at the bottom of the stairs. And they said, we don't know how much time you have, but we've made sandwiches in the fellowship hall. 
We've got some Cokes and everything else all iced down ready for you. And if you have time, we have pie in the oven. Nothing says God's love's mercy and grace better than a pie coming out of an oven, sitting in front of a kid from the projects of New Orleans who's never experienced that wonderful smell that comes up and the lady reaches over and she says, how much ice cream do you want on top of that? That's the building of a spiritual core. That's the way we do it. If we got a question, what's the right direction? Love, mercy, and grace. Those wonderful things that God gives his children each and every day. So say it again. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. Amen.